Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Hello, everyone, and especially to my buddy Lonnie. This is hey, Stan, Stan how are we doing this morning? Good morning. We're doing great. What a great day. So, hey, Lonnie, in our session today, we're going to talk about reigniting your team, or at least part of it. Every business has them. Those people on your team, they're just there. Do you have people and processes that have passed their expiration date? You know, as a business grows, not all of its employees grow with it, sadly. Some remember and long for the good old days when it's just the golden few who were there from the beginning. You would remember that, Lonnie, right? God, yeah. yes. Too many long days. They long for the days when you didn't have to document or follow processes or procedures that drove results, like Lonnie and I do, sure. You just made decisions based on the customer or who the supplier was. What can I tell you? But these same people who could become roadblocks now that you're trying to effectively and consistently grow. Likewise, you may have folks who are just doing just fine, but now they seem like they're just marking time. How's that for poetry? So given the short amount of time in our podcast, Lonnie and I are not going to offer any one-size-fits-all remedies. Instead, we're going to try to inspire you to take a close look at your operations by sharing some scenarios that are common and maybe also have a significant impact on productivity, morale, and the profitability. Unfortunately, Stan, few people like change, but so often business grows despite these folks who continue fighting it, often inhibiting the change and growth that goes with it, or worse, as Stan likes to call them, the walking dead becoming less and less productive, more and more sowing the seeds of discontent, talking about the good old days, either with some of their early peers from the startup times or bringing negative attitudes to newer employees. They may have passed their expiration date and you have to get them reignited or simply move forward without them. It's a two-way street. You reap what you sow. And you might have very well been the cause of what you have with some of your team. As we've shown we like to do, let's give you some symptoms of your walking dead and then try to show you how you could either get them back among the living or simply find a new burial plot for them. Like we did last Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. Here are some questions to consider that may give you an inkling that you have walking dead among your staff. Before I pose those questions, Lonnie, let me just say this first. You know, you have said few people like change. And as you know, it's an understatement for sure. And I want you to imagine just for a moment, a baby in a diaper. As I say this quote that I once read, 
It goes like this. The only people who like change are wet babies. <laughs> and if you want to read a bestseller fiction book that really examines the psychological aspects of resistance to change, you'll thank us for suggesting this book, Who Moved My Cheese, written well over 20 years ago by renowned author and psychiatrist, one of my favorite, Dr. Spencer Johnson. In fact, I've had employees read it as kind of a message to them because they're actually becoming obstacles in resistance to change. And after they've read it, we talk about it. You know what? It can actually be a productive conversation. So let me ask you this. Is your business still putting out the same fires as you were during the early days? And why is that? Perhaps because you didn't learn anything from the early fires and after a while they just became the way you do business? You and your team have become the fighters of fires, if that's the case, rather than growers of your business. And then where does people out? And when they tune out, just going through the motions, can you say walking dead? Sometimes we create our own zombies. Do you and your team, hopefully both, still look forward to coming to work every day? That's one thing when an employee zones out. When the owner is that person, that's when serious help is needed. This is what owners don't understand. It ain't just the employees. And it happens periodically, Lonnie, during an owner's career. You know, it's nothing new and nothing to be shamed about. But the bad news, employees can generally sense that. Not a good thing. It's not because they care less, the owners, but rather if they get caught in a cycle of doing the donuts, the same old, same old, <laughs> Great stressed out of trap. And we've all been through this. Yeah, <laughs> I've experienced it. I'm sure you have, Lonnie. We get those down days. We have to separate them from just down days from truly having a long-term lack of interest, if you will. Sometimes they're feeling just because they're overwhelmed by the challenges they face. And that's definitely, that's those down days I'm talking about. And I've had clients, had a client with a retail operation. I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, fourth generation hardware store operation. And the owner, and it was a good company, but the owner was hardly ever there. And I go like, well, why are you not more involved in the daily operation? He says, because I hate being here. I never wanted to be here. I did it kind of, kind of felt guilty when I was a kid. And I, I just thought that was the path. It was like written in stone. And that was kind of the reason. I actually had to get him re-engaged because he had a lot to offer. Can you say feeling trapped? I mean, that's yeah. what he felt. And you opened the trap door for him. Yeah. You showed him how to get going. And as you know, Lonnie, one of the ways to kind of like tap them back into that passion is to actually make them go through a little bit of business planning process. Even if it's not a big formal thing, just to get them re-engaged and kind of get them to tap into. If you knew you could not fail, where would you want to see this business? And it kind of gets them back in that. But you know something, Lonnie? Let's talk about employees that get disengaged. And that's really another issue. And I know you're going to talk more about that. But for all of you listening, I just recommend the book that was written back in 2006, quite a while ago, by Terry Kabachnik. And it's Terry with an I, I might add, a sheep. And it was titled, I Quit, dot, 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 but forgot to tell you. And will that sound familiar when you read it? Oh, oh yeah. It's you know, like, duh. So it addresses issues of employee disengagement. That's the key term, disengagement, including the causes and potential remedies. So in the 30 minutes we get, we'll never cover it all, but there's a way and a resource that's easy to follow and we'll give you some really practical tips. What we're going to do here is we're going to give you some symptoms. And if these symptoms feel like, oh, wait a second, that's happened to me. This is something you want to pay attention to. First question, do you pay sub-market wages and then pay for it with low productivity and high turnover? I had a client whose business was growing very rapidly, and he lamented about how hard it was to get and keep good people. Upon further probing, what we determined was 
he was proud of the fact that he kept salaries well below market. And I asked if he had any kind of incentive program or stock program or anything based on performance. He said that he felt the company couldn't afford that during this rapid growth. Then I asked him two big questions. How much did those employees contribute to that growth? And in what other ways beyond cash compensation were employees recognized? His responses, a lot and none. He had the answer to his original dilemma. No doubt about it. You pretty much always get what you pay for. Oh, don't we know that? Compensation can certainly be an issue. No doubt about it. But we don't want to overlook employee morale issues resulting from conflicts and drama, duh, that can drag perfectly fine employees into a mindset of disinterest. We basically take the apples and we just sour them with our stuff. As an owner, you got to be paying attention to this. You may not like the drama, but it's out there and you got to pay attention. Yeah. And we discussed that in a previous podcast, by the way, and I urge our listeners to go back to any of our previous podcasts you may have not had a chance to listen to. So unless an owner has leaders who address these issues, or at least tell the owner about them, it can be insidious. Then again, it may simply have people and processes that have passed their expiration date. I hate to keep saying that. And I'll have more to say about that after this message. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems? The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. As entrepreneurs, we all remember the old days when it was just that first employee. We'll call him Fred for a moment. And whatever sales you could eke out. When you just did stuff without worrying about documenting or formalizing it, what does this sound familiar from my old days? And how many Freds and old worn out processes still exist and have long not lived their usefulness, I might add? Has a business passed Fred by? Is it time for the company to rethink some people who no longer contribute and upgrade the processes like whether it's getting a payroll service instead of doing it yourself or taking a manual tedious report creation process. And it's been really around since the company started. They could easily be upgraded and maybe even done more efficiently with a commercial software product. The rest of your team sees this. They're looking like the kids do with the parents and they see a company looking backward. Stan, I don't know how many companies you've seen this with, but 
I mean, I still see companies and good sized ones, three to five million, where the guy who does the payroll is the owner. Does that make any sense? Well, here's the problem with that sometimes. Here's a question to ask yourself. As the owner of your business, are you the biggest bottleneck? Do a majority of the problems or issues seem to end up on your desk? You're not alone. You may be the answer. In a recent review that I had with a client, one of the principals was really upset. It seemed he was spending a lot of his time dealing with problems and issues that his staff brought to him that he felt they should have been addressing themselves. Does this sound familiar to you? Well, it seems that his staff had learned to manage up. How does this happen? Well, you let it. And how do you do that? Like a doting parent or worse, a micromanager, you want to do things your way. So you show them how you want certain problems or issues dealt with. Now, that's cool. The first or second time they face them. But if after a bit, you just keep solving the problem or dealing with the issue for them, you've created a situation where they're managing you instead of you managing them. That's a problem that you're going to pay for for a while. Now, what we've given you is just a couple. We scratched the surface of some stuff that may be broken, the walking dead. But how do you create a team that loves to come to work every day? Stan? (laughs) I was just mesmerized by it. I forgot to turn my alarm on. <laughs> Essentially, I think you set me up for this one because I was thinking there, as I kind of caught me off guard there, I, I'm talking That's about the That's what that smell was yeah. in the room. All right. You know, it's, it's like you set me up for the next set of podcasts. One of our upcoming podcasts is going to be about the dirty secrets that small business owners keep, the financial secrets. And you know, why do a lot of small, I mean, like really small business owners do their own payroll? Because they don't want anybody to nobody else's paycheck. Yes. Oh, God, <laughs> that's, yes. that's usually what happens in the beginning. They're yeah. just terrified that the word will get out. Someone got more paid. That's more right. Because if, if you send it to paychecks, they'll put a billboard up showing how much each person gets paid. <laughs> that rotating billboard. Yeah. Well, you know, as Lonnie said earlier before I fell asleep, it often starts with compensation. It's been my experience, Lonnie, that to an employee, let's face it, their real compensation is about 60% of what they really take home plus whatever they might get in the bonus or whatever, some kind of incentive. But really, the other 40%, which should be switched around, is what they consider the compensation to get by feeling recognized and valued, whether it's through proper training, some applause along the way, a little spiff, who knows what it is. In the early days, we all know what that was like when you limit a cap on your trying to make ends meet. So you're really watching your expenses. And that's when perhaps maybe you might get away with a low compensation package, although I doubt that in today's market, by providing the employees at least some other challenges in the environment that they're working in, where their efforts are more directly able to be reflected and contribute to the success of the business. And they get their recognition accordingly. Now, on the other hand, low salaries coupled with a few of any perks while driving people the extra mile that you're trying to get out of them usually results in disgruntled employees. That's kind of going to be reflected in that book I told you about. Perquisites such as a pizza lunch or whatever, maybe a salad instead of a pizza a couple of times a month or letting people off a few hours earlier before a holiday. doesn't cost a lot. Give them the extra day. There's still people who actually still work a Friday after Thanksgiving and they're not in the retail business. 
that's easy stuff to do. And it didn't cost very much. And it has to come from the heart. Ultimately, what we're saying is people have to know you really care, just like you would if they were customers. So the small business owners listening to this who get it, they learn the tie compensation to the company's success by providing opportunities for bonuses while at the same time continuing to recognize the efforts of the people publicly. And that said, it's no secret that there are many non-monetary means, as we're kind of alluding here, for compensating employees. We keep reminding you that our role isn't to be teachers. We're not here to lecturing you. That's not our goal. But really just to bring top-of-mind awareness, which we call TOMA. Okay, So just take a little time. That's where we hope to review what you're doing to inspire your employees. If we could get the feedback from you, and you can respond to us by reaching out at info at sbvirtualroundtables.com. We'd love to get feedback to know that you're utilizing ideas and we can share some of those. When our yeah, please do that. Please yeah. do that. Now, I know you've got several tips, Lonnie, so why don't you go ahead and share those now? Sure, Stan, thanks. Employees don't need to just feel valued. They need to grow. If you want to keep them, they have to feel like their talents are being well-utilized and challenged. They're being trained or cross-trained to do additional functions. They're growing professionally and often personally. And this helps the company as well as making the employees more versatile. Oftentimes, you've got people who can fill in for other people when there's peak time in production, for example, or something like where you got to get product out the door. When employees feel stuck in a dead-end position, or in a sweatshop environment, it ends up costing the small business way more in the long run with disenchanted employees becoming less productive. Again, back to our walking dead and ultimately leaving, requiring the company to have to go out and hire and retrain new staff, often at added cost. And here's a couple of other quick tips that might really help this. Create an atmosphere that encourages and provides for individual growth. In many of the companies I ran, we instituted a tuition reimbursement program for courses that helped employees become more proficient or more professional or both in their jobs. We paid 100% for an A, 50% for a B, and zero for a C. That told them that if we're going to pay for it, they had to work at it. They had to study. We had a copy of their grades to verify Additionally, if a trade association in your industry offers courses that help them grow as professionals or add to their proficiency, encourage them to enroll in those. And finally, we also encourage employees to attend industry events where they meet peers and learn more about what is going on in your market. So, you know, Lonnie, some of our listeners are going tuition reimbursement. I barely have enough to put my kids through college. So let me share an experience that I had when I joined a CPA firm just out of college. It reminds me that we're the founding partner who was only 18 years older than myself, I might add, went to the same college. He had a reimbursement program for something as simple, I'm talking about low cost, as reading a book or in those days getting cassette tape, if you will. Anything to encourage self-development. I don't care if it was how to write better, how to speak be a public speaker. It didn't have to be about accounting. He just wanted to create a culture and a mindset that everyone here is a continual lifelong learner. And here was the trick. In order to get your money, you didn't think of A, B, or C. You just had to go there and write a one-page summary of what you learned. Okay, And usually it was within 30 days of either reading the book or attending it. So this is low cost. But you know what? That culture 
it was permeated and there was a pride you could see because it was like bragging rights. Who could tell the best story of something they just learned? And so it provided cross-training. It creates curiosity amongst the team. That is, they become curious about things. Oh, I'd really like to understand this better and it'll help me to become a more well-rounded, more rounded person and a participant in the company. And what was the trick? Subtle peer pressure. Something, nothing like that. But it was positive, not negative peer pressure. No question. Well, let me point out something, a couple of other things. While your business is not a democracy, encourage and allow input wherever you can. In many of the companies that I started or ran, eventually we had a program called Nobody Ask Me But, where we encouraged employees to constantly question things as basic as why are we paying so much for a monthly coffee service when we can get our own Keurig machine? As strategic as why are we losing customers and not protecting and growing our existing customer base better? I've always been pleasantly surprised when an employee came up with an idea that was an absolute palm to the forehead. Shit, why didn't we think of that? Sure, no business is a democracy. Somebody's always in charge, but that doesn't mean as an owner, You have to have all the ideas or all the answers. And finally, celebrate victories, individual team company. Jamie Tardy, author of The Eventual Millionaire, has a great quote. Success is a series of small wins. And those small wins are important to all of them. Celebrate them. Whether as an individual or a team that drove the win, make it a reason to praise and celebrate recognize, especially when a company hits an important objective or milestone. You might even make it a reason to have a company outing, even if it's just a lunch at Applebee's, to observe the achievement. Stan, why don't you summarize what we just told our listeners? If we have some time, Lonnie, your celebrating victory thing was a great one. I love this one. So I had a law firm that specialized in collections. They had about 80 collection people at that time, which when I got involved with them, we grew it to about 200 people over three years. But you know what they did during the middle of the day, if you will, whether it's morning or afternoon, if you will, if one of the collection agents hit a home run, so to speak, in terms of a collection matter, they would have a celebration. What was a celebration? Not to the person who hit the home run, but everybody. He would get to pick three people, or she, who would then get a dart. And what would they do with the dart? They would throw it at a balloon. And what was inside a balloon? Well, it could be a dollar bill. could be a lotto ticket. could be a $10 bill. It could be anything. It was the element of surprise. And just the act of simply being recognized during the day. And it broke up the day with a lot of humor. Okay, It didn't cost much in productivity. Boy, did it help morale help a lot. There's a perfect example of celebrating victories. I have one of the top viewers. Okay. And we did this at one of the companies, I've and I've used it in the past. We bought a gong, a real live gong. And every time a sale closed, the salesman who closed it was able to come in and beat the gong, no matter what time of the day it was. Okay. And everybody coming out of their office because they knew it was something big. It might have been a $10,000 deal. But you know what? The fact that the guy could hit the gong, and everybody celebrated it. it. It became something that brought the team way closer together. 
That explains the noises I hear in the background when we're on the phone, Lonnie. I have Talking a gong self, here. Lonnie sends a self-flagellation for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it all. All right. Well, I guess it's time to wrap it up. So you probably all at some point or other have seen those walking dead among your team. And that's an employee problem. Well, sometimes employees just exceeded their, their expiration date. We keep saying that and it's, we don't like to be downers, but that's just the reality of it. And we're going to have a podcast dealing with that issue of what do you do on their expiration date. So often we as owners create our own problems and it's our mindset that's really doing it. There's that word keeps popping up again, mindset, or worse than that, the action that's based upon it or lack of action for the matter. So like not understanding that except for wet babies, few people like change or paying submarket wages and paying for twice that with turnover and rehiring and retraining costs or being the major bottleneck in our own operation. And owners, look in the mirror. Here's one way to help yourself. Just recognize what you're doing wrong and just stop it. We've given, hopefully, some food for thought to you about today and how to possibly address those issues by providing ideas about building and creating or recreating and keeping your team together. Now, once more, it starts with TOMA. Remember that top of mind awareness and your own internal environment and your role in creating and managing it. So with that, Lana, I sincerely thank you for spending the time, your precious time, in fact. And we invite you to share your war stories, ask questions. Remember, info at sbvirtualroundtables.com and even request an invitation to be a guest at one of our virtual roundtables. In fact, you can get up to three of those. Just go to our website, come and take a test drive and see where it can take you and your business. Check us out. In fact, we allow you, as I said, three complimentary visits. And I promise you, you'll feel exactly one of our family sooner than you expect. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks all. Hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business. Delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call.